Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash am I the jerk video. One of the fastest and easiest ways to prove you're not a jerk is to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Racecar Away 1640. Am I the jerk for asking my son to consider the needs of his brother when planning the food for his wedding? My eldest son Robert, age 33, just finished his time in the Canadian Armed Forces and he's moved back to our city now that he's out. Robert also recently got married. Because of the pandemic restrictions in our province at the time and because they didn't want anyone to catch coronavirus, they just went to the city hall and didn't have a ceremony or any guests or anyone there. They shared photos of it to those who wanted. Once things are safe, they'll have a reception with guests and dinner and dancing and everything else. Obviously nothing is set in stone, but they've begun getting ideas about what they want for the reception. Me, age 58, and my wife, age 54, asked Robert to think of our younger son John, age 29, and his needs when they choose the food for the reception. John has struggled with his weight. At his heaviest, John weighed almost 450 pounds. Five years ago, John had bariatric surgery and he lost weight, but he still weighs about 300 pounds. Even after the surgery, which did help, he had a difficult time and he's still trying to lose weight. In terms of the wedding reception, we were thinking of things like a plated meal as opposed to an open buffet, like they were thinking of vegetarian, low-carb, and other healthy food instead of more calorie-rich foods and nothing too big for dessert or sugar-free or light food. We presented several concrete options for edible but low-calorie and healthy ideas. We also thought the other guests might appreciate less temptations. Robert was not receptive to our request. He says they'll do whatever they want and John can deal with it. I know it's difficult to understand if you've never had issues with your weight and Robert is in above average shape due to his time in the Canadian Armed Forces. Robert said he wouldn't even bring this up with his wife. He isn't at all happy with us right now. Even John tried speaking with him and he got nowhere. Was I out of line? I don't believe so, but Robert certainly does. To me, while it's kind of nice that they have these concerns, in the nicest way possible, I think it's a personal issue. Meaning, I think in no way should somebody feel bolted down in regards to making their wedding reception food decisions around somebody who is going to struggle turning down those temptations. Maybe it's an unhealthy mindset for me, but I would say, if anything, maybe a wedding reception is one of those times where it's okay to splurge a little. I think OP is being kind of a jerk in the situation. What do you guys think? Is OP the jerk here for insisting that their son conforms their wedding reception around the needs of their brother's dietary restrictions? I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts in the comments down below. Our next story is by ConsiderationCute607. Am I the jerk for walking away at dinner? Some context. I, female 31, husband, 32-year-old male, and child, 7-year-old male, always sit and eat dinner at the dining table every night. For years now, whenever my husband's talking about his day, anything he finds interesting and wants to share, he'll stop talking and refuse to continue if he gets interrupted. Now I can understand if it was someone interrupting with a whole new conversation or just obviously not paying attention, 
However, the interruptions are either me helping our child eat or reminding our son to eat something other than bread, like the actual food I've made, or me having to tell the dog to stop nibbling at my legs or slippers. These interruptions are usually quietly spoken and very short, i.e. stop to the dog, eat your meat, veg, rice, no more bread. I'm able to listen to what he's saying and do this at the same time, and have even proved it when challenged word for word what he has said. However, he'll then say there's no point and not carry on and sit in silence and make the whole dinner feel awkward and uncomfortable. If anyone tried to speak or talk to someone else, he'll sigh really loudly and have an annoyed look on his face. I've spoken to him several times, saying we're not disrespecting him or trying to be rude, that I am able to listen to him and help our child or stop the dog at the same time. He says he finds it rude and that I don't listen to him, nor do I make eye contact to show I'm listening. So I'm having dinner with my husband and son this evening, and it's happened again. I'd had enough and got up and took my plate into the kitchen to eat alone without feeling uncomfortable. I could hear he was struggling with our child and the dog, but I stayed in the kitchen. He went to bed straight after dinner. I feel bad for doing it, but I'm so fed up with being made to feel like I'm being told off every mealtime this happens. So did I overreact? Am I the jerk? Just purely based off of this behavior, the 7 year old child sounds more mature in this situation than the husband does. I think most people will be able to agree that OP is not the jerk and the husband needs to just get over themselves. It's a wife, a husband and their kid eating at the dinner table with the dog nearby. It's a casual environment. Telling your kid to eat right or telling the dog to stop chewing your slipper and not making direct one-on-one eye contact with your husband every time they're talking is not some grave form of disrespect. It's just being a parent, being a pet owner. I don't know if the husband needs to be told like, listen, honey, we care about you a lot. We understand your stories are very important to you. Sometimes we just got to take care of other things. That doesn't mean we're ignoring you, but you just have to understand, when the dog's trying to eat my foot under the table, I just can't look longingly in your eyes the entire time. Opie's not the jerk. Our next story is by I Sold a Family Heirloom. Am I the jerk for selling my ex-fiance's family heirloom when he wouldn't pay me back for our cancelled wedding? I, 27-year-old female, was supposed to get married to my ex-fiance Mason, 29-year-old male, on the 20th of this month. But last week, a mutual friend caught him cheating on his ex, Kim, so I called it off. Because it's so close to our wedding date, I'd already booked everything like the venue, catering, and everything else. I barely managed to get any money back as it's mostly non-refundable, so in total, I've lost $20,000. Last year, I took out a loan to cover the costs of the wedding. The longer I take to repay it, the more interest it gets. When we first got engaged, Mason agreed to share our finances together, meaning had we gotten married, I would have been able to pay it off. This was supposed to be in our prenup, but because we didn't get married, it meant he no longer had to share his finances. I asked him if he was still willing to help, and told him that I'll go into debt if he doesn't, as I can't repay it alone. He told me, it isn't my problem you took out a loan you can't pay back and stopped responding after that. When we got engaged, Mason proposed to me with a family heirloom ring belonging to his great-grandmother that was worth $25,000. When he canceled the wedding, he told me he wanted the ring back, but we never got around to arranging a time he could pick it up. Because I don't want to go in debt, I told him that if he didn't agree to help pay it off, 
I wanted a lawyer involved, that I would sell the ring. He didn't reply and ignored the messages. However, after talking to a mutual friend, Jake, I found out that he actually had read the messages and told everyone he didn't care because I wouldn't do it. I asked Jake to tell Mason that if I don't get a message from him in the next 24 hours, that I would sell the ring. Jake told me he again said he didn't care and didn't think I would do it. So the next day, I sold the ring to an online website and messaged Mason to tell him it had been done and told him that he shouldn't have underestimated me. He started cussing me out, saying I didn't scare him and that he would be around for the ring later. True to his word, he came to my house demanding the ring and I told him I sold it already and showed him the proof. He blew up at me saying I was a petty witch and that I shouldn't have sold it because it wasn't just a ring, it was an heirloom that meant a lot to his family. A lot of my family members think I overreacted and shouldn't have gone to extreme measures, as it will be hard for him to get the ring back, if he even can at all. Am I the jerk for selling his great-grandmother's ring? One thing I just noticed from this story is it kind of reaffirms my feeling of spending a lot of money on a wedding just seems like it's not really that worth it in the long run. My initial reaction to a wedding that is cancelled is that the engagement ring or the wedding ring should usually probably be returned. But this guy was a scumbag, cheated a month in advance, wouldn't help pay any of the costs for the wedding. So I don't think OP's the jerk for doing it, but I'm not sure legally that they're going to be able to get away with it. In the eyes of the law, is that property considered OP's at that point? Considering it's a $25,000 ring, it might end up being a little bit of a lawyer battle down the road. I will say though that I could definitely understand an argument of both sides being the jerks in the story. This next story is by Wrong Turn 2020. Am I the jerk for demanding my husband replace all the books he threw away? I, female 31, am a reader. Used to read a lot of my teenage years as an escape method from many of my problems and recently got back to reading. I read classic books since this category is my favorite. I spend time and effort visiting libraries and online shops to collect books. Thing is, my husband, male, 33, hates it when I read. We've just returned from honeymoon two months ago and he's been complaining about books taking our special time away, especially at night, but I like to think that I'm balancing with my reading time. He started calling me grandma or say I remind him of an old lady neighbor to get me to quit reading, but it didn't budge me. A week ago, I found out that he's given my book collection away and I was devastated after he defended himself saying he did this for my own good and for the sake of our marriage since I seemed to forget my priorities. I flipped out, yelled at him that those books were hard to get and demanded he pay me and replace them right then, but he said that I really should invest my time in an outdoor hobby we could both do, but I was having none of it and demanded he replace the books. I gave him a list of every name of every book and when he saw it, he laughed and asked if I was really still thinking about those books and suggested I move on, but I yelled at him, telling him he has a week to replace them, and that was it. He's trying to get me to let it go, and had others say it was childish of me to start a fight over some books while the library's open, but they got no comment from me. Am I the jerk for expecting him to replace the books? 
In my opinion, Opie is definitely not the jerk, and the husband in this story is a great deal worse than just a jerk. In my eyes, what loving partner would see their partner enthralled in something as simple as reading books and get jealous of it or something, especially to the point where they would sabotage it all by gathering it up and getting rid of them? The husband seems just like a selfish jerk to me. And our final story of the day is by Bia Wu. Am I the jerk for not sharing my hotel room with our vacation group? A group of buddies and I, 12 guys total, organized a ski vacation to a mountain in Maine. Great place to ski, but we had a disagreement about the lodging. The majority of the group wanted to cram multiple people into a hotel room, more than the comfortable limit, my limit at least. I'm not sure why, but we're all older, some of us are married and even with kids. But the mentality of lodging like we're still in our 20s is prevalent. I like to think we've graduated from that mentality a bit. We've done trips like this and I barely sleep. I don't like sharing a bed with my male friends. My last bedmate had great difficulty finding a comfortable position. The heaving and squirming about, the wheezing, snuffling and grunting in the darkness might have come from a pen of restless pigs. I'm cramped, somebody's always snoring, farting, waking up to take a leak, somebody's going and coming back at weird hours, the bathroom and shower is busy, everybody's clothing and crap is on top of one another, it's not relaxing. The last time I was last to take a morning dump. Five guys before me already destroyed the bathroom. It was so gross, I moved the coffee maker to brew a pot in the bathroom to neutralize the atmosphere. I can't be the only one feeling this way, so this time around I'd booked my own room and spread out a bit. Five people in one room, six in another sharing two queen beds plus a pull-out couch? Nope! I did not want to repeat last vacation and looked forward to relaxation, actual sleep, and my own bathroom. Disaster on the first night. Somebody was drunk and didn't make it to the toilet in time, vomiting on the room carpet. One of the guys from that room approached me and asked if he could bunk with me. My room has double queen beds and I made him a deal. You split the room cost with me on the condition we allow nobody else. While I feel for those guys, I'm not cramming in again like sardines. I could bunk with one person, but I had to put my foot down somewhere. Predictably, I get requests to allow more, even from the non-vomit room. I said no. They even drew up a plan to divide the 12 people in our group among the three rooms. I didn't want to bunk with three people and refused. Nobody had a good answer when I pointed out five to six in a room was okay during planning phase, but not okay now. I thought of that beforehand and got my own room, but when I declined to help, I'm the bad guy? The maids cleaned the vomit and the smell was gone. The hotel was booked and no other rooms available. In the interest of keeping things amicable, my roommate and I decided to allow one more person for a total of three in our room. If he shared his bed and I slept alone, but that wasn't good enough and feelings were hurt. I'm not going to say the vacation was ruined, but I got a lot of side eye from the team for the rest of the trip. Apparently I'm unhelpful, not a team player, and not one of the bros. This is making me reconsider our next trip if we do this again. I think OP's not the jerk, and I think OP has every right, if anybody ever gave him any sass for this, to unabashedly defend their decision to get their own room. Say something like, I love you guys, but you guys vomit, you guys fart, you guys get up at the weirdest times. I planned ahead. I wanted a nice room to myself. 
Don't start getting jealous of me after the fact when you're dealing with the vomit, farting, and weird hours. Maybe the issue was allowing anybody into the room. Maybe at that point, it just allows the jealousy to really set in for anybody else that didn't get into that room. Either way, I think OP's not the jerk. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. I was ready to go back to school tomorrow. Aftermath, I woke up in the morning really happy and excited and I couldn't wait to see what was going to unfold. In our lunch, the assistant principal, along with a few teachers, walk around monitoring the lunch. I then see the principal, along with two police officers, pull the assistant principal and the student out. The whole lunchroom gets quiet and so many people are recording. I smirked really openly when I saw this happen. I asked one of the monitors to get a bathroom pass just so I could hear what was going on. He told me I couldn't go right now as something is going on. I was kind of sad about this but also happy. I knew what was going on but I couldn't tell anyone. Now some stuff happened in the next few days but I'll just sum it up. First day after, the day after it happened, she didn't show up but the student did. I asked him what happened, but he wouldn't say. All I knew is that he wasn't in trouble. That made me glad because he didn't have a reason to be in trouble, and that wasn't my goal. Five days after, since it was a four-day weekend that week as we had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off, we came to school back on Tuesday. I noticed her office was empty. I was really stunned that she got fired, and so I looked up our state's court case search. There was already one case, and it was hers. She had caused child 13 to 18 to view sex activity as the charges pressed against her. Three weeks later, the school wanted to hide this, so of course no news came out, but a new case has opened up. Her divorce case. I saw this and I instantly knew I succeeded. She should have never have been an assistant principal as she was extremely hateful and biased and even a perv. Now she's serving 10 months in prison and I don't feel bad at all. Nor should you, there's a very obvious power dynamic that makes it very, in most places, not illegal for that kind of relationship. That's also not ignoring the fact that this kid might not have been 18 yet, which the last time I checked in most places is very illegal. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.